This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hi everyone, Andrew here. This is the 68th episode of the We Spin Recipes podcast and the name of my guest today is Paul Lop. Paul is an entrepreneur and the founder of Drop Track, which we are going to talk about today. Uh, and uh, that is a music marketing platform for delivering um, uh, tracks and songs to labels, DJs and uh, industry tastemakers. You're going to learn more about the service on this show. But before we get there, two things I found particularly fascinating about Paul. First, he's a one-man show. He developed and designed the whole platform all on his own and still manages it all mainly alone. That's quite impressive for I personally hope that he finds ways to scale fairly soon as I can imagine what kind of a workload that is for him currently. Second, he's a fan of cats. I hope I don't have to explain to you why it's so important to me. When I say that, uh, I really mean it as his artist alias just, for example, is really cute cats. <laughs> um, so there is an interesting story about how that came to happen. Listen on and check out drop track at droptrack.com, fairly simple. All the other relevant links are in the show notes at wispin.co forward slash WSR68. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be guest on my show. Really cool to uh, have you here. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. So do you mind uh, sharing a bit on yourself? So uh, as usual, I did an intro already, but it would be cool to to hear what you've been up to and uh, you've got a really interesting background from what I've read so far so I'm curious to hear it from you. Sure. Well, uh, my name is Paul Loeb. I am the founder of DropTrack, which is marketing software for music, for music producers, for record labels, uh, for anybody who is trying to share their music with industry tastemakers. My background goes uh, a little bit further back on both the music and business sides. I've started being a musician when I was an early age. I took piano lessons from the age of five. In college, I was in the marching band. I played trumpet, played various instruments throughout the years. When I was in college, I started DJing uh, when I was in the fraternity at my school. And I found it as a way to get paid to play music and party, and it was fantastic. But beyond that, it was combining my interests of music and business. And I figured that, you know, there was a real career to be made in the music industry. After school, I, I realized that, you know, I had music and I wanted to get it out there and I, I had friends that were talented, but the chances of getting signed to a major label and even if that did happen, the amount of exposure and, and benefit that that could really provide in today's climate was questionable. So I started my own record label called No Ego Records. It's an independent dance music label we've had now over five years that we've been in business, over 70 releases and 60 signed artists. So our business is mostly focused on publishing. So we do a lot of sync licenses with film and, and TV shows. Like last year, we did a deal with uh, Comedy Central for a placement in their show Workaholics. So nice. while, while it's important to have a, uh, you know, a business that can sell records and you know, obviously the goal of a record company is to have a hit record, I've tried to make the business structured so that we can be sustainable and, and even profitable without a hit record. So to that end, you know, we, we do a lot of these, these licensing deals. So throughout my 
experience of running the record label and learning a lot along the way, one of our biggest expenses has always been promotion. So we have this new release. We put a lot into the production, the album art, all the things that go along with it. But then how do you get that music out into the world? How do you get it in front of bloggers that are going to post it and end up on the hype machine? How are you going to get it in front of those music supervisors that I mentioned that might make a sync deal to get the song placed in a film or a TV show? And we ended up spending a lot of money on independent promotion. There's a, a lot of services, as I'm sure you're aware, there's a lot of consulting services as well as kind of do-it-your-own software where they you know, claim that they're going to get your hands in front of these people, that you're going to grow your career. And frankly, there's been a lot of, of wasted money. And based on what we spent and what we got and combining that along with my background in programming and web development, which I guess I can get into in a second, I realized that I could probably build my own system that would be better than what I had been paying these other companies to do. And it would be free for me. And then eventually maybe I could take that service and offer it to, to others who had the same challenges and make a business out of it. And that's how DropTrack was born. So to that end, I started a beta program and I had a thousand users that I gave away the software for free. And I just wanted to get their feedback. I wanted to know what the challenges these record labels and music producers had in terms of getting their music out into the world and how we could use technology to improve that experience and ultimately get more deals, get more artists signed, get more artists with placements and you know, ultimately grow the careers of these artists and independent record labels. So that's how it started. Now we have over 6,000 users. So it's, it's proven to me that I'm onto something here, that this is a useful tool that a, a lot of people need. And it, it saves a lot of time, especially for the A&R folk in the record label world. And so, yeah, you know, I've been growing, I've been using user feedback to add new features and fix bugs. And just recently I hired a uh, PR firm that is clearly doing their job because they got a hold of you and we're just trying to, to get the word out and get more awareness of drop track and yeah. hopefully more customers using it. So something that I wanted to clarify, is it really just you doing the whole thing? Do you have a team yeah. behind you? Or it's, it's just, just me? Yeah. This is amazing. This is just awesome, I think. So you do the whole development and even putting up like the graphics and everything and setting everything up and testing and communicating with the users as well? Yes, uh, I'm a one-man shop for now. I hope that you find people that who will be helping you with customer support and things like that, but this is impressive and uh, that's awesome that you just, you had the idea, you had a problem and you decided to solve it by developing a product yourself, so... That's pretty cool. And uh, it seems that you have um, a unique approach to these. We can definitely talk about this a bit more. Really cute cats. Is it you? <laughs> yeah, that is my blog slash DJ name. That's actually a funny story. So I... I, I, I sorry, I just I just spent like... I, I, I don't want to say wasted, but I even spent like around 20 minutes before this call on this blog. I mean, I, cats are always on this podcast, so I, 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 yeah, I want to hear more. So I've always liked cats, but I'm tragically allergic to them. So for a long time, I was just interested in internet marketing strategies. And I bought really cute cats.com 
for 99 cents from GoDaddy as kind of a, an experiment to see if I could make some sort of content blog and then make money off of it. And from my experience doing this in the music world, it's very, very hard to get an audience for some unknown artist or to promote some music that nobody's heard of. But there's an audience for cats on the internet all the time. People love cats. You don't have to convince anybody to love cats. So I figured I would start this experiment in an industry or using a topic that, that has an audience built in and that I could really just try a number of different strategies and, and figure out a way to, to actually monetize cat content on the internet, which I know is not a novel idea, but I figured, hey, if all these other people have done it and they made you know these YouTube channels that have millions of views of, of right. cats and you know some people are making a real living off of it. So I, I just wanted to kind of try and learn some, some new technologies and, and figure out what to do. So I started posting other people's cat pictures. People would send me stuff, pictures of, of their cats. And then for a long time, I just had Amazon ads on, on a site that sold yeah. cat-related products. And I would get a small commission after everybody bought one of those. So it, it was nice. It, it was a cool little experiment. People couldn't believe that I bought reallycutecats.com for 99 cents and no one had taken it. And so that, that was fine. It kind of was on the back burner for a year or so. And then I got the idea that I would use that name for my DJ name because I had been trying to make a name for myself as a producer and DJ just with my real name, Paul Loeb. And, you know, I've had a little bit of success, but it's hard to get people to, <laughs> to follow some unknown name versus if you tell people follow really cute cats, they're just automatically interested in it. And it's, it's actually been, been pretty helpful as far as a rebranding. I had a friend design the logo and then I changed up the website and, and the Facebook page and everything to be more of the, the musician target. And I'm just about to put out a new song actually this week or maybe a couple of weeks by the time this airs under the name Really Cute Cats. So I'm moving all my production under that. And then ultimately I, I finally got my own cat, Boris, who, as you can see, I posted some photos on, on the blog now. I, I just uh, told he's you. He's a Russian blue cat. Yeah. And the reason I got him is because that breed is more hypoallergenic. So it's yeah. better for people with allergies like me. And so far, so good. I've had him about six months and I'm still alive and haven't been uh, deathly allergic. So it's been great so far. But yeah, mostly now on the blog, I just I post photos of my own cat. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I just follow you on Instagram and congrats on finding the cats who you are not like you. You haven't don't have any issues with. And uh, that's pretty awesome. Will you consider posting one photo of one of my cats if I send you? Sure, sure, of course. <laughs> Excellent. So we'll discuss it after the call. Uh, no, it's it's interesting. So uh, it's it's a great experiment in my opinion, and a very smart idea on on using this as your artist name because I mean hijacking some of the internet's trendy things and stuff that people like is is wise, and uh, artists can do it even on a project to project basis. So uh, for an EP or an album or a track coming up with an interesting theme, so that's really interesting and. I'm curious if you used any of the knowledge you learned from running that block on for putting together drop track, but I imagine it all adds up, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I learn things from all over the place and try to apply them to my business. A lot of what I've learned from marketing, especially with the record label and also with, with really cute cats, you know, different types of content strategies, even getting into paid acquisition and figuring out what the audience is, is really looking for and how to add value to those people that, for example, on, on Google search are already searching for 
music marketing tools, how to get in front of them and provide them the right messaging at the right time. So a, a lot of that stuff, you know, I first had the experience on the cat blog and learning about it with that product and that audience. And, and so definitely taking those skills and applying them to a real business is kind of what I've been doing. Yeah, yeah awesome. Uh, so, okay, going back to drop track. So I think it, at this stage, it makes sense to explain it a little bit more. So just to be clear, it's not like a, a promo pool where you offer paid access to existing like database of contacts in a specific genre, but you provide a tool that anyone can use to deliver music to their own contacts, correct? That's exactly right. So and, yeah, and, and, and one question right away, and I won't be interrupting you here. If there is any restrictions in terms of the genre, or you don't see any issues with rock, hip hop acts using the platform. Yeah. So first answer that, no, we don't have any genre restrictions. We're not limited in that way. The top artists on our site right now, the top genres are definitely electronic and hip hop, but we have country artists, we have pop artists, we have Christian artists. There's really a wide gamut of, of genres. And I don't think that the technology or this method of sending your music to industry tastemakers should be limited or is limited by any specific genre. To tell you a little bit more about the service, you're exactly right in that it's not a promo pool. It is a tool. It is software. So if you're familiar with MailChimp, for example, for sending email newsletters, DropTrack is like MailChimp for music. So where MailChimp, you can send an email blast and you'll get reporting on, did the person open the email? Did they click on a link in the email? We take it a step further and we're able to give you the analytics of, okay, did this person then play your song? Did they download the song? Did they leave feedback on the song? In addition to that other type of reporting of, you know, demographics, location, when they opened it, where they opened it, on what type of device they opened it. So all that, all that good stuff we provide. But the main idea is that we help music producers deliver their music to the industry tastemakers, like DJs, bloggers, radio, music supervisors, and then they get the real-time feedback and analytics on who listened to their music, when and where. And on the other hand, for record labels, we offer them one platform for music and A&R management. So with DropTrack, they can keep track of all of their music, all their demo submissions, and all their full catalog all from one dashboard. So I know that a challenge that I've had on my own as a record label is being able to quickly assemble packages of music for a specific audience. So a real good example is when doing placements for film and TV. I have a number of music sub-publishers and music supervisors that I've built relationships that I've worked with, but every once in a while, they will have an opportunity for a placement and they send me an email. They say, I need a song that sounds like this today and send me a, a couple examples. And I don't know how many people he sent that out to. Maybe he sends, sent it out to 10 different partners and he's looking for whoever sends the music back quickest and it's most appropriate. That person's going to get the deal. So before I had drop track, my process would be, okay, let me figure out which songs I need. So I have to go browse on my computer. I have to listen to all the songs in my catalog, maybe make a zip file of the two or three songs that I think are appropriate. And then email them to him or use WeTransfer or something to get him, get him these files. And then if he ultimately wants the WAV files or an instrumental mix or something that can actually be used for the film editor once they're ready to go, that's another process. What I can do now is go to DropTrack, 
find the two tracks that I want, click a checkbox, it will automatically create a zip file and package and email it out to this guy. And then I get all the reporting based on what I told you earlier. I can get an instant notification when he opens the music, when he plays it. And so I can follow up immediately. I can say, hey, I heard you listen. Is it a good fit? And just being able to have those multiple touch points with the data behind it, knowing that the guys listened to it, knowing that he downloaded it is just a definite way to A, save time and B, get more deals. And it's definitely helped my career and, and others on the platform by just that very use case, by being able to quickly assemble packages of tracks and ship them off to a specific audience. So that's one way the service can be used above and beyond the normal concept of sending music out to DJs or, or blogs or, or even submitting record label demos, all of which are possible as well on, on DropTrack. Right. Well, that sounds good. Well, do, do you want to comment on the pricing structure right now? And, and so, by the way, to the listener, it's best to go to the website and see what's the latest because you may make some changes to that. But at this time, when we're recording this, so what's how does it look like? Sure. So we have three pricing plans that are depending on the number of tracks you upload and the number of contacts that you add. So the size of your mailing list and the size of your music catalog. All plans come with a free 30-day trial. So it's risk-free. You can try out the service, unlimited, send as many campaigns as you want within the 30 days and we won't bill you until you're satisfied. The pricing is $9 per month for the light plan, which is up to 25 tracks and 1,000 contacts. The pro plan is up to 100 tracks and 5,000 contacts. And then we have an unlimited plan for $99 a month, which is unlimited everything. Mm -hmm. And the pro plan is $29 a month. And the unlimited plan at $99 a month include unlimited users. So if you're an agency or a record label and you want to add multiple users to be able to log in and send promos and, and view all the statistics, you get those features at the pro and pro unlimited level. Clear. Uh, so those uh, labels and managers uh, and, and similar industry people, folks listening to us now uh, will have a clear idea of how to use the platform right away. And uh, some of the musicians listening to us now may actually have questions on how to get the most out of it if they haven't been, maybe they haven't been even building their industry list just yet. Do you have any general advice applicable to your platform and not only on finding the right contacts and approaching them and then building your network? I mean, it's obviously kind of a big question, but from your experience, how have you been approaching building your list? Great question. So to start, we have made a conscious decision thus far with the company not to provide public lists of contacts, like you mentioned earlier, like a, like a record pool or just an aggregation of you know, what we find on the web. That may change in the future, but for now, the business that we provided is just the, the software, just the tool. We do, however, have a list of record labels that are currently accepting demos on our site. So that might be a good place to start for some artists that aren't sure where to send their music. If you're interested in getting signed to an independent label, we have a lot of them on the site in many different genres. You can filter by genre and it's free to, to submit your music to those companies. You don't need a plan to do any of that. So if you go to droptrack.com and, and you click at the bottom, there's a link that says record labels accepting demos. That's a good place to start. Now, above and beyond that, finding other industry contacts to send your music it's a challenge and it, a lot of that is 
proprietary, you know, that, that a lot of people have built their list over years and they've maintained contacts and so they're hesitant to, to share with others. And at the same time, it's not very difficult. So a lot of my strategy has been to actually go to trade shows. So I go to a lot of music industry type conferences. Uh, last November, I was at the SF Music Tech Conference in San Francisco. I've been to the Sync Summit and other like music supervisor related conferences here in Hollywood and where I live. And what I found to be really effective is you meet people in person and you get business cards and then you follow up and you add them to your email list. And then you can start building a relationship by sending your music back and forth uh, over time and probably not going to get a placement the first time. But as you build a relationship and send more and more tunes, you find out exactly what that person's looking for. Chances of, of getting a deal go up. There are a lot of places online, I mean, that compile lists of blogs that are accepting demos that are compiling lists of record labels accepting demos. Google is, is really going to be your best friend when you're just starting out. There's a lot of paid lists that you can buy. I would shy away from those only because you don't know how outdated they are or if everybody else is using the same list and every, everything is just marked as spam at this point for those people. So I would hesitate to buy a paid list, but there's, there's lots of other good free resources. LinkedIn is great. I'm a firm believer in LinkedIn. It's very common now to send connection requests on LinkedIn, even if you don't know the person and you indicate on your, you know, how do I know this person that we've done business together? And that's a, that's a good introduction. Once you're friends with somebody on LinkedIn, you can ask them for their email and add them to your list. And you, you can target very specific industries. You can target music supervisors that work in Calgary. You, you can find very, very specific niche groups that you want to target on LinkedIn. So I, I think that's a great resource. The Hype Machine is a list of blogs that are posting unnew, up-and-coming music, and then it gets aggregated out to their wide network of music listeners. So going through their list of blogs and, and reaching out to, to each one of those blog owners, many of which are accepting demos unsolicited, is a great way to, to start building your list as well. So yeah, I, I would say the biggest tip I have when it comes to any kind of list building or using email to send the music is to make it personalized and to make it seem like it's not just an email blast that's sent out to a thousand people because that will really come across to the recipient if you address them by name, if you say something about their last post maybe on their blog, if you find something in common just you know, to, to break the ice in an email instead of just blasting, hey, here's my new track, you should post it, or hey, here's my new single, you should sign it. It has to be more of a, an authentic conversation. And using a tool like DropTrack can help you personalize those emails at scale. So it comes across to each person receiving the email as this nice personalized email, but you on the back end, maybe you only entered the content once and it, it gets sent out to 100 people. So it's a time saver, plus you maintain that personalized relationship that you're trying to build with the, with the recipient. Hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I can't agree more. And the, I, I was about to ask for some clarifying questions, but you answered them all right away. And I even heard Boris participating in the conversation, right? Sorry, what was that? Was it Boris? Oh yeah, Boris. Yeah, he, he meowed in the background. <laughs> It's usually, it's so weird because, I mean, every second podcast, I've got my cat screaming in the background and finally, like, I, I'm talking to someone where it happens like the other way around. 
Yeah, so it's it's clear, uh, very helpful. I like your recommendations on keeping things personal and building your billing list. And uh, I'm a firm believer that it's way more important to build um, an engaged list rather than the big list. So it's fine if like starting with a few dozen contacts if you are just starting out and making sure that these people may be interested and uh, have uh, agreed to receive this kind of information from you rather than just trying to yeah purchase thousands of emails uh, who will not be like the people will not be happy to right. hear from you or maybe the it will be just non-working email addresses how do you handle the you know bounce rate like the emails that are sent to to dead addresses for example do you clean up lists automatically yes uh, the answer is yes we we have a a 98.4 deliverability rating currently which means of every 100 emails that get sent through our system 95 of them end up in the inbox they don't go to spam they they actually get delivered for the emails that bounce if it's a hard bounce we remove the email address immediately and notify the user if it's a soft bounce like the mailbox could be full or it's just temporarily down. Uh, we have logic that automatically retries delivery. I think it's five times within a few days. And if it still fails after that, then we will unsubscribe and, and bounce the contact and, and notify the sender. So yet yeah, we're very vigilant about that. It's important not only for our customers, but for our reputation as a mail sender. ISPs have to trust our mail servers that they're providing content that is not spam. And so the more we can do to protect that reputation for ourselves, as well as on behalf of our, our customers, we're going to do everything we can to ensure that. Excellent. Before we finish the conversation and wrap it all up, do you have any other advice to a musician or maybe a record label or anyone who is about to try your platform out? So maybe another common issue or misunderstanding that you face that you haven't covered yet? So one other thing I, I want to recommend is... You can use DropTrack to grow your mailing list. And the way you can do that is by offering free downloads in exchange for an email list signup. So there's a lot of websites I've seen linked from SoundCloud tracks where you can download music in exchange for following them on, on social networks. Like you can use a ToneDen or HypeDit, or there's a number of these services where the goal is to get you more Facebook followers. And they've taken off like wildfire. There's Almost every SoundCloud track that I look at that has a free download button goes to a site like that. And I don't want to say that that doesn't necessarily work, but it's reached this point of saturation where a number of these services are not just asking you to follow the artist. They're asking you to follow the artist, the record label, the blog that posted it, and then three other unrelated blogs that just have an agreement so that they can repost each other's tracks. And it gets into spam territory very quickly. In addition to that, at the end of the day, you're growing your Facebook page, which you know has some value, but not really for marketing. It's hard to target all of your Facebook fans without paying for them. And you're basically, you have this audience that you've built up, you've put a lot of energy and a lot of time money into building, and then you don't own the data. You can't market to those people whenever you want. You have to pay Facebook for reach. And then you're on their newsfeed, which is in competition with everything else that they're looking at that day, non-business related, including cat pictures. So it's just not, it's not the best fit for marketing. Whereas email, when you collect a fan's email address, you own that data. You own their email address, their name, their IP address. There's a lot of data you get along with it. And you can 
then export that. You can send email campaigns to them later. You can segment to people that only downloaded a certain one of your tracks or like a certain genre of music or are in a certain area when you're going to play a show in that town. And you can really get specific with your messaging and send it all for free. You don't have to pay an organization like Facebook every single time you want to email your own email list. So I agree with the concept of growing your fan base by giving away free content such as music. I don't agree that Facebook is the right place to do that and using a tool like the thousands that are out there for growing your Facebook page. I don't think that's the best way. I think instead send them to our drop track signup form where you can download one or more songs in exchange for the email list sign up and it's the same experience but at the end of the day you own the data you collect the fans email address so you can market to them later so i think that's another strategy i would recommend to new users especially if they don't have a lot of email contacts to begin with is leverage your existing networks but give them something away in exchange for signing up to your list and i think that, that that's a great way to start excellent Yeah, I agree fully. Thank you a lot for sharing all the links as usual to the to your uh, web profiles, to the website, to the social media networks in the show notes. And I encourage everyone listening to us to check out uh, the products and give it a try. Really interested and I'm curious to to see how you keep developing it. So thanks a lot, Paul. Um, really appreciate all the insights. Thank you so much, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Thank you all, wispin.co forward slash WSR68 is where the links to drop track can be found. Check it out and if you have any feedback or questions, let us know in the SoundCloud comments or on iTunes or on Twitter or via email, you know, all as usual. Thank you once again, we are working on some very cool episodes for you, so stay tuned. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com. We Spin